Welcome to Hemp Logic Radio, where we attempt to sift facts from opinions in this upside-down world of industrial hemp. Here's your host, Corey Sharp and John Tucci. Oh, hey, hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, John Tucci is with you still not available. Uh, I was hoping to get him on this pretty important uh, episode, but it looks like John is is not going to be able to make it. Uh, He had some uh, conference calls that were set up that uh, he forgot about this one. So John won't be joining us, uh, but I do have our very special guest, Kimberly Stuck. Uh, Welcome, Kimberly. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Thanks for for joining us. Um, I know that uh, when we posted this, uh, just the, the, the concept of doing a CBD FDA compliance show, that it, it really had a lot of response. So um, we put out there that we were looking for somebody to come and talk and, you know, really appreciate your, your time coming and talking with us. Um, you and I were talking a little bit before we got on air here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your – you had a very interesting story about how you got into cannabis and how you ended up where you're at, if you want to – Let's let's talk about that. It says here you're you're a cannabis compliance officer. Tell us the story how that happened. Um, well, uh, so I did I did start my career in government. Um, so I was actually a restaurant health inspector in the county of Denver. That was my jurisdiction, um, and cannabis became legal. So because it became legal kind of overnight, it kind of surprised a lot of people, and we didn't really know how to regulate it or who was going to regulate it. So um, because, you know, different departments in, in the government, they kind of have to, like, move funds around and that kind of thing. And um, so they had restaurant health inspectors start going into all the dispensaries and product kitchens um, in Denver County. And it was a very eye-opening experience. <laughs> um, and then once they realized that cannabis was just not going anywhere and it was a real industry and really, really needed some assistance and regulation, um, they asked me to be the first marijuana specialist in the nation. So it was really exciting um, and kind of crazy. It kind of just fell into my lap, um, and then I ended up just falling in love with the industry and all the people and really realized that I could do a lot more good for the industry as a consultant um, rather than a regulator. And so I started Allay Consulting in 2017 and have just been hitting the ground ever since. That's that's a cool story. So did you did you wait did you come in the office one day and they said, Well, Kimberly, Kimberly we're gonna give you a staff of five people and you're in charge of everything you've been doing. Is one of those kind of things or did it just kind of well just it, morph into it? It I kinda wish it was that way, um, because I was the only cannabis regulator for a long time that specialized in cannabis. So essentially the what they state? did was they were like, you know, there needs to be one officer that that will do cannabis and that I, I volunteered for it. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of interesting. So it was just me and um, my partner, Kara Laveau, shortly, um, once she got hired, became another cannabis person. So there were two of us for a very long time. And then we slowly started adding. So I think that they have a staff, uh, a marijuana team, if you will, that's what they call it, um, of five people now at the department so it, it kind of you know went from just me to a couple of people to you know I don't know but I had a lot of support from the other like restaurant health inspectors I wasn't the only one um, doing everything oh, but okay. for when it came to the when it came to um, all of the you know licensing 
and um, bad, you know, when people were really, really out of regulations um, and not doing so well, very non-compliant, I would deal with them and also all of the investigations. So we did, I did a lot of um, recall investigations due to pesticide um, contamination and mold contamination and bad practices and, and things like that. So um, I kind you of made ran of that whole thing. So you made a what? lot of friends and influenced a lot of people then. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I made a lot of friends. Um, a lot of people didn't really like me that much. Uh, but, I you know, can, I don't blame I them. Because, yeah. And they weren't, they're not well, yeah, you, So Exactly. I, I, was just, I was just sitting here picturing, picturing you walking into a grow that was probably not legal for 10, 15 years and then walking in and going, well, new rules, guys, and all this stuff you're yeah. doing is not I can imagine how and they're they're looking at you going, yeah, this is not gonna this is not gonna turn out yeah. well. Yeah, I mean people so, wouldn't let me in. I've had guns pulled on me. Um, one of my you know favorite stories is once they kind of got to know me, I'd walk into a grow and every grower would drop everything and just walk out the back door. <laughs> wow, because they just didn't want to yeah. be around. That's that's insane. Well, and I so, think they just yeah, that, didn't know what they were doing wrong, you know. So they just were they didn't want to do anything just in case. Yeah, yeah. It's when you don't know something, the the the, the ch- change is always hard for everyone, including you know, including myself. Yeah. So you, you when you when you get thrown in and you have to change, uh, ten people tend to uh, you know you know push back or run away. You know, that's your two your two options: fight or flight. Um, so all that, all that, all that knowledge and all that, um, you know, experience led you to consulting and, you know, doing, uh, obviously moved into hemp in the CBD market. And, and that's why we brought you on is to talk a little bit about, you know, hemp CBD and, and these compliance being in compliance. So uh, people can move their products forward. So the floor is open. Let's, let's start talking about that. People want to know <laughs> what they can do and, <laughs> So go ahead. Let's let's talk about that. Okay. Um, so yeah, my consulting firm, Olay Consulting, we um, we do FDA, OSHA, fire code. We do um, GMP certification and ISO certification um, in the hemp and THC industry. Um, but you know, with the hemp bill coming online, um, and now having you know some federal regulation coming up, um, it you know it's going to change a lot of things. And I I don't think that I would say most of the hemp companies are not prepared for it yet. Um, so I'm just trying to educate as much as possible um, so that people are ready or at least know what's coming um, and they don't, what, you know, they're not freaking out and losing sleep. <laughs> what do you mean by, what do you mean they're not prepared? What are some of the things that people are doing besides cooking it up in their kitchen? Um, what are they, what else, what other things are they doing that uh, I've heard stories I mean, I've, I've heard stories yeah. that they bought a liter of, of oil, mixed it with some hemp oil that they bought at the grocery store, and then are putting it in bottles in their kitchen, I mean, and then labeling it. That's I've heard stories of that. So what, what are some yeah. of the things people are doing that can get them in trouble? Well, um, a lot of things when it comes to the FDA, this is in product manufacturing. Um, a lot of times, really, the facility, first of all, yes, you cannot make anything at home or in your kitchen or in your basement. Um, now, you know, that's just 
a normal FDA role, you have to have a licensed facility. And so licensing is going to come online. So a lot of people are going to have to get licenses. Um, right now, a lot of people are registered, but a lot of people aren't registered with the FDA either, um, mostly because they wanted to stay off the radar a little bit. Um, so I do recommend um, everybody get FDA registered because licensing is going to go to those registered people before it can go to other people. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, the other things are, yeah, like ingredient sourcing. You know, are the ingredients that you're using, using food grade? Um, also, testing standards are going to be put in place, uh, which I think is a really good idea. I know that you've probably seen the articles that have come out that state, you know, we tested 50 CBD products and only one of them came back with the amount of CBD that they say is in there. Um, those kinds of things are happening all the time. People are selling CBD, fake CBD um, products that are, you know, in gas stations and things like that. Um, right now, there just hasn't been any regulations. So people are kind of getting away with whatever they want. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that's no longer going to happen. You know, the USDA just put in their regulations to the White House, um, I think, day before yesterday. So that's kind of exciting. So, hemp, yeah, so hemp farmers are going to start to have an idea of what they need to do to be, you know, um, compliant with the USDA. I'm sure testing standards will be on there. I'm sure that handling procedures will be on there. And then the FDA shortly um, will be putting in drafts. I think they, they said at the end of October, um, but we'll see. The government sometimes, it takes a little longer than they think it's gonna take to write regulations. But for the most part, they're going to follow their regulations that they already have for wholesale food manufacturing. Um, they don't have to reinvent the wheel. Cannabis products are the same as any other products. There's just a few nuances um, because the cannabis plant is so unique. You know, it's not corn, it's not apples, um, and it needs to be treated a little, little differently um, in certain aspects. But other than that, it should be pretty much your regular food safety FDA compliance. So what, if somebody's doing something now, uh, what are some of the things, uh, let's say that, I mean, you, you mentioned a bunch of things like getting registered and getting, is this something, obviously, your company helps people with, um, but what, <clears throat> so I, I have a, I have a small, small little business that I've got, and I've been buying a white label type of deals, and I've been using it in my farmers, and selling it at my farmer's market, and I have a small little online store. What, uh, what, what's going on with those kind of people? So, I mean, so when you say white label, do you send your oil to them and then they package it and send it back? Or, no, I'm, I'm like, talking what do you about mean? Just, I'm a, yeah, I'm talking about a mom and pop going, let's start, you know, let's, we have a table at the farmer's market. We sell our vegetables. Why don't we get some CBD oil? And they go and get, they buy a white label. They get, you know, they use, um, they, they pay somebody to just slap a label on products with it obviously we've gone a step above because now they're not going to have to be in compliance the people they're buying from need to be in compliance correct yeah so um well everybody has to be in compliance so whether you're the manufacturer that's making the white label product um but the i think the problem that people run into and will run into is if that white label company is out of compliance, it's your name and your label that will be in the recall notice. Um, so you're the one that really gets in trouble. Um, they might get shut down or they might, you know, they might have to fix a few things or things like that, but their name isn't going to be tarnished. It's really the people oh, wow. with 
the brand name that is going to, yeah, have all the rep, rep, you know, there are people who are going to put that in a, it's a press release pretty much. Um, and a lot of people, you know, put it in the newspaper and things like that too, depending on which county and state you're in. Um, so you're the one that's going to lose money, lose your brand, um, those kinds of things. So trusting a white label company is not always um, the best way to go. Uh, but, you know, there are companies out there, including mine, that you can hire to do like a third-party audit on that white label company to make sure that they're in compliance. Um, and a lot of people do that, and it works out pretty well. So, there, you know, if you don't so know who's I'm yeah. trying to think about myself here. So if I if I get online and I want to, because obviously it's been talked about as doing a white label, and and, and I said no, I don't want to get into the retail side because it's just too too muddy right now. Um, but if I wanted to do that, is there some place that they can go or I could go and download maybe a check sheet? So I'm interviewing white label companies, and I see white label companies daily wanting, you know, hey, we've got white label facilities. Is there a check? Is yeah. there a checklist that I could go down and say and ask these questions of this white label company? Do you have this? And do you have that? And 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 then, you know, do you? If you're going to get into it, I guess there has to be a a level of commitment because I'm sure having you do a third audit party, you know, third third party audit is not inexpensive. But um, so. I'm just trying to figure out an easier way or a way that people can try to protect themselves. If you're, you know, yeah. I'm using the farmer's market as a good example. It's just, you know, it might not be, it might not be big enough, um, but help me out there. <clears throat> Cause I'm pretty much an idiot when it comes to this stuff. This stuff's so far over my head. Um, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, well, you know, not everybody's a food safety expert, you know, <laughs> Um, so, you know, the, the average person doesn't really know what needs to be done in a facility to make sure that it's FDA compliant. Um, and I, I wish that there was a checklist online, but at the same time, everything when it comes to food safety is subjective. So a checklist doesn't really work very well. Um, you go okay. in and you evaluate, and it, it, there's no yes or no, because it's usually if this, then this. So it's not just a yes or no. If you say yes to this, then there's two more questions you have to ask, and you have to be able to evaluate which is right and which is wrong. Um, because, because everything is bacterial or viral, you know, run, like the conditions for bacteria to grow, um, like Clostridium botulinum, ugh, I can't talk today. Um, it's a really, you know, it's one that's, that's prevalent in all, yeah, in all plant, like oil. Um, because it's, the spores are all over everything. They're on your hands, um, they're on plants, they're in soil. And so that needs a certain environment in order to be able to grow and become dangerous. So, um, and that's a non-oxygen environment. So, you know, it, once it gets made into an oil, then there's a risk. But when it's just out on a plant, it's, there is no risk. So that's what a food safety expert does. That's what a certified professional food safety, which is what I am and all of my staff are, um, can evaluate, like, okay, if it's in this environment, then we have to put these things in place and they need to be doing this. But if it's never in that environment, then, it, then those don't need to be put in place, if that makes sense. So it's really hard to have a checklist for food safety. Um, there's certain things like having sanitizer, having a thermometer, you know, those kinds of things that you can put in a checklist. 
Um, but usually that wow. has to be calibrated. Yeah, so it's a little uh, complicated to check this, and I don't think you can find one. <laughs> I try, well, you know, see, so we put together you, our you own audit report. I, I just asked a question, <laughs> and you completely blew me, and, and it's because of my not knowing. But I think that's I, – I don't know. I think I'm not the only one that maybe asked that question. You know, is this – is it as simple as a checklist? And you just said absolutely unequivocally, no, it's not as easy as just a, yeah. a checklist. Um, and then you have – yeah, oh, man, okay. So hemp got a little bit of background. And so Hemp Logic was started. We were going to do food. We were going to – we were going to do grain and do all the different food products that, you know, provide wholesale food, uh, whether the, the hemp parts and the oils and all that. And then I just realized that no way, there's just too much federal, you know, oversight on food. And you know, then of course yeah. I got into the CBD side growing. But it, yeah, the, the food side and the regulations is just it's I can see now where um, it's it's a big mess. I also have one little story. It's it's kind of funny. Um, so I, I, you get involved with uh, extractors and whatnot. So you learn, you know, these guys are actually extracting. They're making their own oils, um, and they're they're good at what they do. Their their tinctures are fantastic, and and they know because it's it's handcrafted. So yeah. I, I got some bottles. I got some bottles of it, and I gave it to one of my guys, and uh, you know his his wife uh, started using it, and then she it helped her immensely, and everyone was you know they get on the CBD bandwagon, and so. This stuff was fairly expensive. You know, it was 125 bucks a bottle or something like that. And and it's and this was this was a year ago, so uh, obviously that's changed. But he calls me up and he goes, "Hey, I gave my mom a bottle of this stuff, and uh, she really loves it. And so she got online, and I know where this is going. And I, she goes, uh, "Do you know anything about ABC Hemp?" And I said, "I said, Adam, I said I gave you the number to Pablo Escobar, and you." Are asking me what the guy in the corner is selling, and he just goes, "Never mind," and he hung up. You know? Yeah, but that's that's really, I, you know, I because I've given him the number of the guy to, to buy more oil from, but there, you know, he goes, "Oh, it's way cheaper. It's like thirty dollars a bottle." And I said, okay. "Yeah," but anyway, that the problem not all I, I <laughs> like to sell. <laughs> yeah, not all CBD products were made equal. Um, not no. for sure. <laughs> Um, I tell people well, so, all the time because my family obviously wants to, you know, they're on the CBD bandwagon, and um, I'm like, just don't, you know, I'll tell you which ones to buy. Don't buy anything from a gas station. Don't, you know, buy mm-hmm. anything online that you don't know anything about. So yeah, it's hard. It's 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 hard, and so the, the industry, you can see it uh, with the Fed, the Feds coming in and doing their their thing. Uh, you can see people. Why people are so interested in this uh, compliance, uh, FDA compliance, and all this other things because their businesses are at risk. So they're getting, you know, you've seen in the in the news these non-compliance letters. What do those mean? What when they're when the feds start putting those out? What what's the future? So you're probably talking about the labeling non-compliance letters that the FDA has been sending probably. out to CBD companies. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really um, – so the FDA is kind of they're, – they're a little confused on what they're doing right now, too, because there are no regulations yet, right? So they're kind of finding the low-hanging fruit right now of things that they can regulate without overstepping their bounds. And one of those things is FDA labeling um, and really the claims. 
So there is, you know, we, we all, I'm on the CBD bandwagon. Obviously, I love this industry. And, you know, I think it's a great thing that everybody should have access to and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the FDA, in their eyes, there is no, you know, medical, um, there's, there's no, you know, there have been no studies done. There's no proof that CBD does anything to you mm-hmm. um, because they haven't done the studies. And because the studies haven't been done and testing hasn't been done and it's unregulated, you can't put anything on your label um, that could possibly claim that it does something to you. Uh, so, you know, if anything changes your body, um, if you say that it, you know, you can say it's from USDA organic hemp, right, because that is a true statement, mm-hmm. um, if it is. That's okay, but you can't say that it's organic because your facility it was made in is probably not an organic facility. The other thing that we run into is it helps you sleep. It calms you down. It helps with anxiety. It helps with depression. So all those things in my mind are probably true. Um, they've helped, it's helped a lot of people, but they, they haven't um, proved it yet. And because it, is, it hasn't been proven, you're not allowed to say those things. And um, the thing that a lot of people are getting in trouble with is maybe their package doesn't have any claims, but their website does. Or someone goes onto their website and comments and says, this helps me so much with my anxiety. That's technically a claim that isn't allowed to be on your website. So there's oh. clear lines. Yeah. And so, um, you know, really be careful with claims, the way you're wording things. We do label reviews all the time and help people with this, but it's very confusing, um, you know, if, you, if you're not used to it. And it's, you know, they're very, very strict about it. And so right now, you know, until those studies are done, because I have a feeling when those studies are done, CBD and other cannabinoids are just going to knock other pharmaceuticals out of the water, um, which is, you know, I can't wait for that to happen. And then we can say that kind of thing on our packaging. Uh, but right now, that's you know, a lot, that's, that's gonna be the a while biggest away. thing. That's, that's a ways away, though. Yeah, that's, that's years away, that's unfortunately. Years, and years um, but, you away. But the and FDA is shutting. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, and the FDA is shutting people down right now because of these claims. So I really, you know, try to preach, really be careful, and try really hard not to, you know, have anything on there that says that it changes anything in your body or helps your mood or anything like that. Um, it's it's wow. hard, but most people know wow. CBD does really great things. You know, so I feel like, you know, if you look online, there's all these articles and stuff that say what it does. Um, I feel like if we educate the consumers, we won't have to market that way. People are still going to buy it. Yeah, you know, it's, and it's only getting bigger. Somebody asked me the other day, how, where's the bottom of this? And I said, man, I don't, I, I, we don't, I don't know where we're at. I don't know, you know, you can do a, a estimate of how much of the population is using some sort of CBD product in, in whatever form, but what, where's the bottom? Yeah. Um, celebrities yeah, no uh, start to kick it into it. You, you know, I mean, just uh, what's his name? The Patriot, ex-Patriot tight end. Um, oh, he just started a CBD line. You know, so at least the celebrities, so where it's just started. And I knew that when the celebrities jumped in that it was going to explode. And so where is the bottom? Um, who knows? And, that, you know, of course, everybody's, oh, the FDA is going to shut everybody down. That's why I had. That's why I wanted to have you on to say, is that actually true? I mean, are they going to just crank down and, and CBD is going to be, become the new THC and 
uh, they're going to start raiding mom and pop shops uh, across the country, shutting CBD products down. I, well, I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, so my thoughts are this, that, I don't know, they've taken a lot of advice from industry. They've, I don't know, I was just out in Washington, D.C. Um, at a roundtable with the FDA, and I essentially, you know, was begging them to give a good leeway for compliance. You know, give them time to come into compliance because I would say 90% of CBD product companies are not in compliance at all with FDA regulations because they haven't had to be, right? It's not regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when they don't have to do something, then they don't. And that's just normal. Why would you do something that you don't need to do? Um, but a lot of people are getting on board now and realizing let's do this early because we know it's going to happen. Those are the people that are going to do the best, obviously. Um, and so I'm hoping that they're nicer than that, but it's very, I mean, you know, in the past, <laughs> that's not always the way it's been. So um, the FDA is essentially hiring local or, you know, state health departments to go in for them because the FDA doesn't have the bandwidth. They don't have the people to be able to go into all these places right away. So they're training local health departments, state health departments right now on their regulations so that they can go in and force. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think a lot of people will get shut down, um, maybe just temporarily, maybe permanently. We just don't know. And, you know, I'm erring on the side of caution and just trying to get as many people in compliance as possible before that happens because I want the mom and pop places to be able to thrive. I want them to be able to compete with the big, big corporations that are kind of starting to take over, um, and I want them to, you know, stick around and I I mean, I don't, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that if they don't know anything about FDA regulation or food safety at all. And that's why I try to go out and speak as much as possible. We bang that drum all the time. You know, look, if you want to be a 20 acre farm, 40 acre farm and have your own, you know, you can do it. You just, you just said right there, the mom and pops, if they they have the opportunity, here's a perfect opportunity for a small farmer, small mom and pop with the farmer's market and the whole thing to have their own brand, have their own, but they have to be in compliance. And if they do the compliance stuff first, that puts them ahead of, of everybody right next to the guy next door to them because they're not going to be in compliance. And as time goes on, this is how I see it, as time goes on, those people that have done the due diligence, you've got massive corporations going out and, and spending multi-multi-million dollar facilities, but they're doing it. They're almost medical grade. I mean, they're, they're medical facilities. That's insane, but that's where this needed to go if it's going to be real. Yeah, so, yeah and not too many of those exist, you know, and a lot of those big corporations, they know nothing about hemp. You know, they're just walking in and going, I have money. So they're wasting a lot of money on things that they really should, don't need to be. Um, and I think that's yep. where the mom and pops have an advantage because they know the industry, they know the people, they know, you know, their markets. And if they do it right and are in compliance, they can become that big company that lasts for a lot longer than, you know, a corporation does. So I don't know. It's, it's a new industry, so there's a lot of opportunity. And I think that, you know, even the small guys have a really great opportunity. They just have to do it right. Yeah, it's it's spending it's it's taking the time to do it the right way. I mean, uh, cowboy time is over, which is you know everybody <laughs> did their what they needed to do. 
you did what you needed to do to make a living. Now it's time if you want to take this to the next level and actually become something uh, and keep your business thriving, you're going to have to spend money to get into FDA compliance. That's how that's that's my take on it. You you, you don't have a choice because you will get shut yeah. down. Yeah. You will get shut down, and there's bad things. What if somebody? You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be connected to your CBD product, but it could be uh, where they took – you've been taking the CBD oil and you ate something, you ate some bad shellfish or something, you know, but they're going to ask, well, what have you taken? Oh, I've taken the CBD oil, and then the trail starts. Oh, Lord. Yeah. You know, so now you got yeah, – that's how bad it is, how serious it is, actually. I mean, um, yeah. somebody gets sick and they're yeah. going to say, well, what have you taken in the last 24 hours? Oh, yeah, they, they usually Shim, do a seventy-two Shim, hour. Shim yeah, they usually do a seventy-two hour background check, and anything that you've eaten in the seventy-two hours, they investigate. Um, and mm-hmm. with you know CBD and THC, both you know every cannabinoid, it comes from a plant that people have biased against. So there's automatically a target on our back. So we have to really go above and beyond um, because even if one of us gets shut down, you know all this, all these articles that are coming out about the fake CBD and the, you know, fake marijuana products and the, you know, making people sick and all this stuff. I mean, it puts a really bad light uh, on our industry. So it makes the us vape? a target. Talk, we're talking about vaping? Well, I mean, there's vape products. And then I literally just read an article this morning that I posted to my LinkedIn page um, about just fake cannabinoids that are being made. Um, they're synthetic. Um, and, they're, you know, mm-hmm. people are using those in a lot of CBD and THC products for some reason, and they're much stronger. So people are becoming, like, hospitalized in things. And, you know, like, that is scary. Nobody wants to take something that they could possibly go to the hospital for. So, it's, you know, that's scaring away not only our customers, but it's making us look like we are, you know, uh, snake oil salesmen, just like I said. Makes us look illegitimate. Makes us look like, you know, we're just drug dealers that are just trying to make a buck. And that's the, that's the normalization that I'm trying to get away from. I'm really trying to make CBD, THC, you know, all cannabis products a, a normal thing in society that, it, you know, we can just go in and we know that it's safe, not a big deal, just like a glass of wine or, you know, something like that. We, you know, the, we, putting the black eyes on the industry is the worst thing that could happen to us right now, and it's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. It just seems like every day you read something where somebody got – somebody did something – I read uh, I read a piece where somebody got caught taking vape vape cartridges and and putting those synthetic um, that synthetic cannabinoids in it and it was and that's what was mm-hmm. getting people sick. So it's it's yeah. a fast buck and like you said the, the gas station stuff is causing problems and this under this underground market. <clears throat> somebody even a conspiracy theorist even said uh, big tobacco wouldn't do something like that, right? You know, is you know, is, <laughs> there's so much money involved, and then they and then they went as far as saying, so all these kids that were vaping now can't vape. So guess what they're going to go to? They're going to go to the local grocery store and they're going to buy a pack of cigarettes. Well played, big tobacco. You know, it's it's so now you just they just slid back over to what the, the one thing they were trying to get away from. So um, right, the smoke yeah. the flower. I mean, I guess anything is the, possible. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you can get conspiracy theory, you go down that rat trail. But, uh, you know, that's where the smokable flower market, and that was actually a really big, a lot of people were listening to that episode um, about the smokable flower. 
because farmers are yeah. trying to figure out how to maximize their crops. But it's not just that simple. Um, the smokable flour is another whole, you know, where, where do you see the FDA falling in on smokable flour and, you know, those, these pre-rolls and, and whatnot? Where do you see that? Well, um, so both the USDA and the FDA have jurisdiction over smokable flour, but this is why. So in 1996, they tried to make a rule change where the FDA would be a part of tobacco. Um, there was a huge backlash, and it didn't actually go through, but Obama in 2010 actually made it go through. So the FDA had jurisdiction over tobacco products, um, but the only jurisdiction that they have is it's called the Family Smoking Prevention and Control Plan. I don't know if any, anybody knows about it, but um, they started regulating tobacco, and it was for consumer safety, so it was mostly labeling. So everybody knows that smoking's bad for you, whatever. Um, there's a lot of chemicals in it. So, but the FDA wanted people to know that, and so that's when they started putting all the warnings and labeling on the cigarette pack. I think that smokable hemp is going to be much of the same way. Um, you know, the USDA will oversee it, uh, and the FDA will say, okay, this is how you have to test it, and this is how you have to package it. Um, because, you know, the cigarette packages have to have certain labeling, and that's kind of the FDA's realm. Um, and I think that that's really all they're going to do unless there is a recall or a bunch of people get sick. Then the FDA would go in and have an investigation. But for the most part, the USDA will have um, jurisdiction over smokable flour. Um, if you take that flour and you send it to a production facility where they're making multiple different items, um, including pre-rolls and things like that, then the FDA would have jurisdiction over that because that's the kind of license type that that facility would have. But if you're just a farmer and you're making smokable hemp and you're packaging it on site and or pre-rolling it on site and things like that, you'll be under the USDA. It's just you have to follow the FDA labeling guidelines. And, I mean, this is all what I think is going to happen. Um, this might be all BS. I don't know. Um, they might come out with regulations and it might be wildly different, but I don't, you know, it doesn't, it behooves them to not reinvent the wheel, right? They already do this with tobacco. Why are they going to treat hemp any differently? So I think that that's oh, the way it's going to go. You just, you made my head hurt with all the regulations. You know, as a farmer, you sit there and you know, all I want to do is produce something and ship it to a facility where somebody else takes over. And that's where I, I've always just tried to stay in my lane was, producing something in the ground and then pulling it out, getting it onto onto a truck, getting into a super sack and, and sending it to someplace else to be processed. Yeah, and um, that's fine. Because then, then the FDA said, takes over two. once it gets to that facility. Exactly. So you have the FDA and the USDA all up in your grill, and I'm going, no, <laughs> I, that, absolutely not. I, I know, you know, you get – Two agencies in your on your on your place. You're you know man, that's just a nightmare. Um, but yeah, it's a lot for those that are willing to do that. I mean, that's like going to the building department and asking for a building permit. You know, it's that you you're at their mercy. You know, if they want you to tear down the side of the house and rebuild it because you're off the quarter inch, guess what you're doing? You know, it's you're rebuilding that house. Same thing with you know, this. You want to grow it a certain way? Oh. No, not that way. You got to do it this way. Um, but that's yeah. But that you can't have it both ways. You can't have cow. You can't cowboy it. You can't have uh, in compliance and, and try to make a legitimate business inside the this realm we're playing in. So um, 
damned if you do, damned if you don't, in my opinion. But <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so okay, so somebody gets a non-compliance letter. Let's just say that uh, it's not that they a, a small mom and pop or somebody medium size would get one, but they get one. Can they reach out to you, and how can you help them? You know, get out or become a compliant. I mean, are they when these compliance letters are they do are they cease and desist? Are they just you're in um, non-compliance? What does that look like? So it kind of depends um, on how big the violation is. So if it's a small violation, let's say you just say this, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like put words in the FDA's mouth, but this is just an example. Like if it says this is calming. Um, they might send you a letter. They could do a couple of things. If they send you a letter and they say, hey, change your labeling, and you change your labeling, then you're in compliance and you're good. Just do what they tell you to do. Um, if it's something a lot more egregious, like this um, cures cancer or things like that, they might send a cease and desist um, until you change your labeling. So it kind of depends on what, you know, it's up to their discretion. Um, that's the thing about regulators and regulatory bodies. Um, they, you know, they are human and they kind of get to decide like, Hey, is this really that bad? Or did they really mean to do this? Or was this, you know, malicious in any way? Um, so, you know, they kind of decide what they can or should do based on that. Um, obviously if there was like a recall, people were getting sick, they would send a cease and desist for all operations to halt until the investigation starts. Um, so, you know, it just depends on what, how big it is. Um, but just do what they tell you to do. Okay, so <laughs> the, these non-compliance letters, do they include uh, where they're making a claim of there's 100 milligrams per, you know, uh, I don't know, 100 milligrams per serving, but yet there's only 100 milligrams in the whole damn bottle. Um, yeah. Where we, we, I've, seen, I've seen reports where people have done studies on, on some of the ma- big major players, and they're cutting the CBD yeah. milligrams per per unit. Yeah. Is, so is that a non-compliance Yeah. Well, that might be a site visit. Um, and yeah, I mean, they might make you recall everything because if you don't have what if it if it's just like if there's an ingredient in something that that you're lying about, right? Um, or or an allergen or something like that, you know, if this, these tinctures only have 100 milligrams, you know, in the entire tincture when it says it's 1,000 milligrams, that's an issue. Um, and so they might, they might, they'll probably send a cease and desist. They'll probably do an on-site visit, and they'll probably recall everything. Um, do you see so that's as, a, as, the FDA, time. as the FDA huh? comes with, they, once they get some teeth, you know, when these regulations come out and they get some teeth, you see them really cranking down on these uh, egregious people that are the groups that are putting out the CBD products that, that don't have what they say they have in the bottom. I mean, do you see that giving uh, kind of giving them rope to go ahead and, and go out and shut some of these people yeah. down that are just – do you see that? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's the reason why regulations exist, so that they have something to reference and they can say, okay, this is a violation. Um, right now, you know, the only things that are, and obviously the labeling stuff is in their current regulations. So that's why the, you know, claims 
is a big thing that they can crack down on right now. Um, once those regulations are made, then yeah, then they, exactly, they have the teeth, they have the proof that you have to be following this. And they'll do a big announcement and they'll send out the regulations. Um, so you'll, you'll read all the regulations and then you'll know how to be in, in compliance. Um, but a lot of people I think will just continue on the way that they are. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, that's, that's what the FDA does. But the reason they exist is to regulate. So they'll probably go in and like I said, they're, they're imploring um, state health departments right now and training them on their regulations so that, you know, they have the manpower to go into places. Um, and so, I mean, they're gearing up for it is essentially what's happening. So, I mean, people, I really hope people get ready before they start going out. Did I lose you? Are you there? there? Yeah, yeah I can hear you now. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I dropped all of a sudden. Uh, like I told you earlier before the show, I'm out here in BFB, and uh, all of a sudden I, I went dark. I went, oh, no, I hope she doesn't hang up. So <laughs> I'm back on. No. Sorry about that. No worries. So, all right. So, uh, okay, let's, uh, we got, you know, let's say 15 minutes. If anybody's listening uh, and you want to call in, uh, you can call in at 319 527 6201. We can maybe get you on the, on the phone here and have a, 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 a question for Kim. Um, what else do you got? Uh, I mean, what else can you, what else you want to touch on base here about these, uh, these, these new rules coming out? Well, I mean, I haven't seen them yet, <laughs> um, and I'm just speculating on what they're going to be. Um, so I don't know. Once they come out, though, I'll have a lot more solid answers for people, um, and I plan on speaking at as many conferences as possible so that I can, you know, spread the word on the new regulations so that people can be a little more prepared. The goal, at least. You know, Richard Rose wanted to come on, and I, we've talked a little bit about, you know, it's, it, he wants to come on, and he wants to talk about end arounds. Um, how do you get around some of this stuff? And I don't know. Um, I guess I'm going to have to have a conversation with him on what he actually would like to talk about. Um, you know, he's an, he's an important guy inside the industry, lots of experience. Oh, yeah. But um, it's, it's one of those things where this is something that we want to still try to cowboy. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, yeah, from your standpoint, it's like no, cowboy time's over. We got to start doing this um, the, the the right way. So uh, it might be something to just have a have a follow up show with him and and have these discussions about you know. And here's the and, and that brings up the point of everybody. There's two sides. I think in this industry, you have the sides that's like it's a damn plant. Why are we even having a discussion? Why is the government in our in our grill about this, but then we just spent 45 minutes talking about all the bad things that can happen because people are cowboying it. They're making the stuff in their in their garage in their kitchen. So there has to be there has both sides have to realize that each one needs the other one. Um, I, I've seen that so many times where people just get wound up around the axle. This is you know the government shouldn't be 
regulating what I put in my body. Well, you know what? If yeah. you want to go that route, then you know, grow it your own in your backyard. Right. Well, and I don't know about you. Yeah, I don't know about you, but when I go buy a CBD product off of sh- off of a shelf, I want to know that it's not going to make me sick. And right now, I don't know that. Um, and that's you know that's a little scary from a public health standpoint. So I I think I don't know the workarounds. You know there might be a few um, you know like small things, but overall the companies that do the best long term in every industry um, follow the regulations and create a company um, culture around compliance. And the regulations that they're going to have to follow in the manufacturing. Um, are the same regulations, very similar regulations, to what every wholesale food manufacturer has to follow already. So they're not, you know, they're not going to be too insane or too hard. Um, you just got to learn them. And once you know what you have to do, it, it won't be that difficult, you know. It sounds like a lot because they're not used to it. But once they start rolling, I mean, I have clients that came from nothing and they were vastly out of compliance. And within a year, we had them in compliance. Um, and now it's just normal, and they, they don't worry about it, and they're not stressed about it, and they're not losing sleep. They know they're going to do good in infections. Their staff is trained, um, and it's a really great thing to see because people who are constantly the outlaw are constantly looking over their shoulder, and they're worried all the time, and they're stressed out, and I think it's just better for companies to not have that stress um, and, and just to, you know, follow the regulations, just like every other industry and every other, you know, um, state. Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> and let's, let's it'll talk about, so there, there's a couple of, there's a couple of outfits out there that, that are doing the, uh, I want to say the, um, the hemp authority. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where that derives from, but I mean, are these kind of, are these groups helping or are they in it to control what's going on? I, I, I look. I'm I'm a conspiracy theorist on that, um, just because of who's involved. <laughs> but uh, that's that's just me. Um, but are, yeah. are, are groups, you talking about I, I mean, certification? So if you have a sticker, yeah, if you have a label, is what I'm, I'm getting at is, do you have? If, if, are we going to? If you have a certain certification label, does that help you further your business? Well, it depends on the certification. If it came from an accredited certifier that doesn't own any, like. Part, any businesses that could be your competitors, um, then yes. So, like, uh-huh. examples of that is NSF or BSI or, you know, those accredited certifying bodies for GMP and ISO and things like that, yes, that's very helpful for your marketing. But when you, I mean, look at the board of directors, you know, look at who is making this certification. If they own Mm -hmm. an interest in the industry, that makes them, you know, biased at that point. And then Uh I think it's just a money grab. And I haven't looked at that Uh, particular one, but there's a lot of them out there that, you know, you're like, why is this person who owns 40% of three companies making this certification and giving it to me? Also, you have to, I'm pretty sure you have to send things to them that are proprietary information. I don't know if I would trust that. Um, There's just a lot of things, you know, people will come out with certifications. Like people tell me, why don't you come out with an LA certification saying that you personally audit their facility? And I'm like, because I'm not an accredited certifier. You can't be a consulting company and have an accreditation at the same time because of ethical reasons. So, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. And I, I implore people to do their research and really know 
who is giving them these certifications because if they're not an accredited certifying body that has no bias opinion and usually isn't taking that much money, um, you know, don't, you know, don't be fooled and don't spend, waste your money on things that don't matter, you know? That's, uh, that's, that's good advice. I tend to, I tend to go that direction where it's, I, when anybody releases something new, it's like, follow the Where's the money trail? Who, who's involved? Who's on the board of directors and where are they involved? In, what are they involved in? And you do, you start yeah. researching, you know, you, this industry is not that big. And so you learn real quick who the players are and people have come from three years ago they were running a, you know, a, a little consulting business, and, and now they've got, you know, now they're on a board of a massive corporation. You know, it's like, holy yeah. smokes. But that's where this industry's gone. In a, in a three-year period, that's how fast this is. Somebody will say, well, how long have you been doing hemp? I'm like, man, I've been doing it just three years. And they're like, three years? That's not very long. I say, oh, man, that's, that's in dog years, dude. That's, yeah, <laughs> until you're it, in the, the industry. The, the learn- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you, you you have somebody that's, you know, just – and it's really not that I know more than anybody else. It's just that I've had more conversations. It's You're just – you know, same thing with you. I mean, you have the ability to say that you've been doing it a whole lot longer because you were in the, the medical cannabis business. And so that, that puts you – it's crazy um, that you have that much experience inside this industry. So that's it's really – it's nice. It's nice to be able to talk to somebody that – has been doing a lot longer than I have, um, especially on well, this Well, and I think I that's just... why people trust us so much, you know, because I have seen it all. And, you know, we're in 14 different states now. We're in a few different countries. Um, I've been in thousands and thousands of, you know, facilities. I've been in thousands of grows. And, um, you know, and I love it so much, and I want to help so bad. Um, because this industry is just an, full of amazing people doing amazing things. And I, I really think that we can thrive, but we're in such a weird regulatory area right now, it's hard for us to do so. So I don't know. The more, the more that I can educate and help people and get out there and do my thing, and same with all of my consultants, they're amazing. Um, and, you know, the better we're going to do as a whole. You know, I just want this industry to do well and be legitimate and, and just rock it, you know? Okay. So let's, let's, let's take, let's take me, for example, I come in and I've been listening to the podcast and I, I really, I know that I need this help. So they go to, uh, Ally Cannabis Consulting. Is there a, is there a, you know, contact this link? Tell us the process about how we go about, um, getting a hold of you and actually hiring you for your services. How does that all work? What's, what's the process? Well, um, you can go to our website, www.allayconsulting.com, um, and we have a Contact Us tab, and you just put a little contact, what you need or what you're thinking, and, um, and then we would give you a call or send you an email um, and then set up a call from there. Um, or you can, you can always email me directly at Kim, period, Duck, S-T-U-C-K, at Allay, A-L-L-A-Y, consulting.com. Um, and I can put you in contact with whichever consultant is in your area. Um, right now, we have two different locations, so one in Denver, Colorado, and one in Portland, Oregon. Um, we have a lot of clients out in that, you know, that, 
Western side. So, um, you know, we try to be everywhere at once. We do travel everywhere. Um, so, you know, don't think that we can't help you just because, um, you know, you're in a different state. Because uh, most of what we do is actually remote. The only thing that we really do is on-site audits that, you know, we can schedule one a year or one every six months instead of, you know, being there every single month. Because a lot of the compliance has to do with um, documentation. So having proper mm-hmm. SOPs, odor mitigation plans, those kinds of things. So um, pass-up plans and, you know, just the stuff that's, like, really weird that normal people don't know how to do. <laughs> So, well, that, uh, yeah. So I'm sitting here yeah. and, I'm, and I'm like, okay, if I if I'm getting if I want to or am I producing a, a CBD oil product or CBD product, you're the I'm looking at this and I don't have these these SOPs in place. This is a legitimate. I've got to get this. I have to do this, whether it's with you or you know, start researching these different types of of, of FDA compliance companies, consulting companies. But I, you all you you have to. You know, unless you're the type of person that's all, you know, that, that mindset, which I'm not. So this is like, oh, that's why I asked the question. How do I get a hold of you, and how can I hire you to, to take this my, my company to the next level? So uh, that's why I asked the question. It was it was kind of a no, no, definitely. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah, because so I mean, you can reach out. Okay. So then you'll just you know you just go ahead and you're just gonna do kind of like what we do. Somebody they'll con they'll do the contact us through the website, and and somebody will reach out to you via phone or email. And and sometimes it's a basic question of where they really didn't need our help. They just were wanting some verification of something they read on the internet. Or it's like I really need you to come in because we just invested two million dollars on an extractor, a small little extractor, and we're going to be uh, start producing oil on our farm. That's a bigger deal yeah. than just, you know, um, we're making hemp oil in our kitchen and are we compliant <laughs> type question. Yeah, no, and, you know, we work with all sizes um, of companies, you know, so you could be very small and just need a little bit of help um, or a lot of help. And a lot of our people, like, if you want GMP certification and that's what you're shooting for, um, you know, that takes a lot more hours. We usually, most of our clients are on retainer. So um, they get a certain number of hours every single month that we do pretty much anything they want us to do with those hours. We usually give them a really good list of what we think they should do. Um, but, you know, we kind of go from there. So all of our clients are on retainer. Um, and each retainer package is completely based on what the company's doing. You know, some people don't need us that often, and some people need us all the time. So um, it, it really depends on that. So that's why when you reach yes, out, yes. we usually set up a call so that I can evaluate exactly what your needs are. And we're certainly not into selling you things that you don't need. We're not going to tell you you need 10 hours a month or 20 hours a month um, when really you only need five. Um, and, you know, most of our contracts are pretty fluid. So if you do need us 10 hours for one month, we can work that out and then go back down. So, um, you know, we just really want to help and be as helpful as possible. Um, and that's what our entire mission and vision is all about. And, you know, if you don't need us, you don't need us, and that's okay. Um, also, if you need something that we don't do, which is a lot, um, we can send you to the consultant that you're going to need. We have an amazing network in this industry because we've been around for so long, and we work with the best of the best. So if you need, you know, financial help or law firms or anything like that, we know the people to send you to. 
That's cool. That's yeah. It's it's. Uh, I'm 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 learning a bunch of stuff on this on this episode. This is cool. This is really nice. So, all right. Well, let's um, you know, let's. I'm gonna go ahead and let's cut this loose, and I'm gonna go ahead and post this. I'm gonna post all your 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 website, and I'll post the website on on um, on LinkedIn. Your contact information. Uh, so if people have a question, they can reach out to you. Uh, it'll be have to be through LinkedIn, and then probably you and I need to get on the phone and have a conversation and see if we can get you uh, connected. Uh, well, just on the on the Hemp Logic website, you know, as an ancillary yeah. program for people that have, you know, because they ask all the time, and it's I don't know. I mean, so once again, I, I said I learned some stuff on this on the podcast, just and that's helping people. It, it's the smaller farmers that are going to need help. The smaller people than the than the bigger ones because. Uh, the bigger ones have already figured it out, or um, they need to figure it out. Um, so, anyway, uh, Kim, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. It's been a very good show, I think, other than the technical hiccups, which is almost – if we don't have technical hiccups on the Hemp Logic Radio program, it's just not a Hemp Logic Radio program. So, <laughs> so – Awesome. Uh, let's cut this short, and uh, you know what? I think we're probably. I got a feeling we're going to have to have you come back on, and, and if you have the time, come back on and, and uh, let's clarify some things. I got a feeling some questions are going to come up, and people are going to want some information uh, that we just didn't couldn't touch on right now. So, uh, you have a great rest of your after your day, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for having me, and have an excellent day. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, the CBD FDA compliance uh, episode is come to a close. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one.